0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, what a wonderful morning. Good to see all of you in the house uh, today. Welcome to those that are joining us in another uh, way. Over the social media platforms, we welcome you as well. These are different times, aren't they? And for many difficult days. But we want to um, get into the word of God today. And, you know, why do we, why do we come to church? Well, uh, there's a lot of... Um, There's a lot of different reasons, I suppose. But the main one would be to hear the word of God. What is God saying? Well, he's saying out of what he's already said. Out of the logos of the written word of God, God is speaking uh, even today uh, his rhema word. And faith comes, the Bible says, by hearing and hearing by the word the rama word of god as as christians who are worshipers and wit and witnesses of the grace and the goodness and the glory of the lord jesus christ the word is central this is our connection with god his word i said this is our connection with god his word Uh, Let me relate it to um, something you know and understand. You want to make sure that you have enough bars on your cell phone, don't you? What happens when you get in a low spot or a spot where there's no service? Well, you look at those lines those little lines on your cell phone and it tells you i don't have any bars there's no connection you have to be careful about uh you know in this time when there seems like that uh it's easy to be less and less and it never is a lot see you know it's just a little less then a little more less and a little more less until you know, you hardly have any bars at all. There's no strong signal anymore. But the Word of God, you know, check your connection. The Word of God. Because when everything out, when your feelings fail you, when all else uh, uh, around, you know, you watch the TV and You know, all of the different service uh, providers there. You know, storms can come in and your service is temporarily interrupted. Are you listening? Well, even the TV, of course, they're all called smart TVs now. So the smart TV goes immediately to working on getting your connection back. Let your imagination do the rest. I don't think it's wise to just disconnect and leave it disconnected. Let something knock out your connection. Well, Today, we're going to call this Take the Two Way. You know, we've been on this road to restoration. The Bible says, uh, the scripture, foundational scriptures over in Corinthians, where it simply says, Aim for restoration. Aim for restoration. And rejoice. Finally, aim for restoration and rejoice. And today, we'd entitle this Take the Two Way a little play on words, but I want to uh, quote some scripture to you. As 2 Timothy, the third chapter, 16th verse, the Bible says this. There's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith. So faith is involved in salvation, so there's nothing like the word from which Faith comes. Faith always comes. Every part of Scripture is God breathed and useful one way or another. And it lists these ways. Number one, this is how the message goes showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes. And training us to live in God's way. Notice between showing us truth and training us to live God's way, there's some rebellion that probably will have to be exposed and some correction of mistakes. It says, through the word we are put together and shaped up for the task God has for us. So if the word does not challenge us, it cannot change us. Many choose the quantity and the quality of the word that does has no challenge to it. It's not allowed to challenge our life. Therefore, our lives really don't change. It's easy uh, to seek the comfort of no change and uh, and be wanting change. I wish things were different. Wish is not going to make it so. Wish is a swampy place to which there's no bottom to it. We'll always be wishing but never find firm footing to to find real change for our life. If the word cannot challenge us, does not challenge us, it cannot, will not change us. First Corinthians the tenth chapter says this remember our history and our history is his story. It says, now these things happened to them. Talk about the, uh, the uh, family. You know, this is a photo album of the family of God. Our history is his story. His family story. It says there, that happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. The message Bible goes on to say this, our positions in the story are parallel. They at the beginning, but we at the end. In Genesis 1, the Bible says, God blessed them saying. The phrase, and God said 12 times, is, is 12 times in the first chapter. God blessed them saying is listed three times. Most significantly so when he made man, it says he blessed them and said to them. Now, why do you read that? Because the blessing of God is tied to the God saying. To what God is saying. He blessed them saying. So if we're going to work Uh, with, and operate in, and, and partake of the blessing of God, it's contingent upon whether we're hearing, looking, and hearing of what God is saying. I'll say that again. The blessing of God is tied directly to God saying something to someone. I want to be a someone that is hearing what God is saying something... Two, four, about, are you listening? <clears throat> you know, we just, the song that we just sang, uh, what a wor- very worshipful song, but it's, it's out of the blessing of God. It said you bless the children. The priesthood was to bless the children of Israel this way. It's saying the Lord make his, be gracious to you. The Lord make his face to shine uh, upon you. Amen? Show his favor uh, to you. Well, well, it's a spoken word. The blessing is tied to the speaking. Remember, James said this, that how is it that blessing and cursing came out, comes out of the same fountain? The same place. Talk about the mouth and the tongue. Are you listening? Amen? Words are important. Both the quantity and the quality. Again, if the words that we are looking to and listening to do not challenge us to change, then I'd question whether or not those are the words that God wants for our life. If the news is the word that we have heard mostly of, it'll change you. It'll bring you, in, it'll, it will usher in fear and it will keep you in fear. And fear will cause a failure. Are you listening to receive anything from God? Because it takes faith. God's always going to have the last word. Are you hearing? The Bible shows us that. But not always unless, unless we give Him the last word. So we find ourselves, we want to look and listen again in the book of Ruth. If, if you need, sometimes we just need to check our foundation. If the roof is falling in, you know, we get lots of, of folks a lot of times that say, you know, I need help. My, my, my roof is falling in. My, uh, this doesn't work. That doesn't work. So we'll check the foundation. The foundation is, what about the word? of God because that is the firm foundation well I thought love was the was our firm foundation oh absolutely love has spoken and love is speaking and love makes promises love takes you on with all your problems but love's solution is love made promises Well, what, those promises are precious. We partake of God's divine nature uh, through these exceedingly great, the Bible says, and precious promises. What makes, them, what makes them precious? Love said that. God saying something to me is God loving me. God saying something to me is God telling me and showing me. It is God Blessing me, I find it's very difficult for you know, uh, apart from just a religious, you know, ritual and by rote we say, "Well, God bless you." That's a good. Uh, that I think that we should bless people, you know, but most of the time it just slight water off of a duck's back. If no, if the if there's not a level of agreement. Hmm. so we going to look at and listen again to the Book of Ruth, why? Because these things are written down for us to see something in chapter Two, we see Boaz, who is a type of Jesus, both are referred to as a kinsman redeemer. This is the first picture of the kinsman uh, redeemer the, in the law in the five books of the law, the Pentateuch there was there was provision, a promise made and a provision made for a kinsman redeemer. It was where one relative, usually a male, that was charged with the duty of restoring. He was assigned the privilege and also the, res- the privilege responsibility of acting for a relative who was in trouble or danger. Defend, uh, deliver, redeem, rescue, buys back, pays the purchase price uh, that has the connotation of someone that has been sold into slavery is restoring the rights of another, avenging the wrongs. Sounds like Jesus. Looks like Boaz. You know, Boaz... I want to say this about privilege and responsibility. We have a wonderful privilege to be worshipers of God. We also have a great responsibility as worshipers to be a witness. You know, Boaz, the Bible talks about him, describes him announces him that it so happened that Naomi had a relative by marriage, a man prominent and rich, connected with Amalek's family. His name was Boaz, a kinsman, redeemer. It doesn't say so in that many words. But see, Naomi had to realize, uh, had to announce him and said, he's a close relative. He's a close relative. He's a close relative. Aren't you glad that Jesus is the firstborn among many brethren. That he, though being God, didn't think it uh, uh, more important to exercise that right and and privilege and just let all of us go to hell in a handbasket. But he, the Bible says, he took on himself the form of a servant, a love slave, if you will, to God. Sold himself into humanity as a redeemer. Redeemer. And the Bible says we have such a high priest who is the captain of our salvation, who is touched with the, the feelings of our weaknesses and shortcomings and shortfalls. Aren't you glad that he became like us so we could be restored to being like him? You know, sin said about the image of God. Do you realize whose image you are made in and whose likeness that when God looks at you, that's how he sees you? He does not see you like you see you, like the devil has tried to describe you. Like the devil has gone to great detail to say, well, you're not this and you're not that. And you know, and he'll flip the coin over and he goes, and he goes, but you are. This and that. But God don't see us like that. And there is a mirror, isn't there, like the Holy Spirit spoke to us today. Oh, did you hear him or, or were you just waiting for her to get done so I could get on and we could get done and you could go on? I'm not being mean, but now if the word doesn't challenge us, it cannot change us. So we see Boaz, a prominent and a rich and a wealthy man, you know, uh, his appearance in this story, it says, he came out from Jerusalem, greeting the harvesters, the workers, and the part of the field that belonged to him, and he said, God be with you, and their response was, and God bless you. Well... Boaz was a worshiper and a witness. We can see this. You can see him embodying this. It, 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 this is his, uh, a, a really uh, accurate portrait of this man. It says Ruth's first encounter was in the field, and we see that uh, she uh, was there for early in the morning because she said, I'm going to work. You know, there's work time, so work time is early in the morning. But it says of Boaz, it says a little, a little later on, a little later on, just a little later on, he came out from uh, from Bethlehem. Now, why would he be a little later on? Oh, probably because he's rich and he's lazy and he just he could just you know take his time. No, see, there's work time and there's worship time. Now, I believe all of our life is to be a worship of God, but you know sometimes you just have to take. It by force, don't you? The time with God. Now notice, notice this Boaz. I, I, sometimes I just like to, I like it when the Holy Spirit helps me to, to be there. Because he was there. See, this is just a story written, and an account words on a page, but it, it, it really is, it was a happening it happened and the one who who was there making it happen will make it happen with you there if you're willing to go there but you know it's usually in worship time when you're with God that 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 you get to see things there that you never would be anywhere else i'd like to say this about prayer i think that prayer is a, a centerpiece i believe it's the it's the primary connection with God, I believe it's the power uh, line, the pipeline of his power, if you will. The Bible describes it in that way. But you know, I've been religious with prayer. You know, uh, one of the, one of the uh, uh, things you wouldn't think about it in this way, but Jesus said, now now, listen, he goes, you think that by your much speaking, <laughs> I'm going to knock myself off of my stool here. Anybody ever thought, you know, the answer is I just need to pray more. I need to pray better. I I need to I just need to really work at it. Well, you know, there's a place for, quote, laboring in prayer. But who are we laboring? What are we laboring for in our own strength and our own power? Or are we to be a co-laborer together with Jesus? And you know, the Lord's Prayer. I, I had not seen these things before. I had to go. Sometimes you just have to go from one ditch to the other ditch. Sometimes you just have to go there for your own self. You know, and uh, I, you know, I discovered early on in my Christian Walk that uh, you know. Prayer was a key, master key, major key in 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 walking and in working with God. But I, but I went through a time where you know uh, uh, that I believed for my uh, much speaking. Well, I just I just labor like Paul said by the grace of God, by God's grace. I I'll, I'll just work harder than anybody. I'll just. I'll just pray harder than anyone. I'll pray more after all Paul said, you know, I pray in touch more than you all and so I had lots of references, but you know we can we can think we know what we what we think we know, but really we only think we know. We don't really know until we've gone there. And God'll give us grace and space for us to you know, fall on our face. On, oh, yeah, it's all right. It's okay. When we fall on our face, He knows that. You know, we have two choices: we could fall backwards away from God, or we could fall on our face at His feet and say, "Lord, teach me to pray." When the disciples asked that, they they said, uh, "Lord, teach us to pray." You know, they were. They 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 were seeing the demonstrations of power. They were seeing Jesus' prayer life and and how he would purpose to go off alone and pray. Sometimes he'd spend all night. He'd rise early, stay up late in prayer. So they 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 were interested in power, weren't they? But remember, they they were bringing an, uh, from a perspective that they Jesus uh, hadn't yet been crucified and died and raised from the dead. So the Holy Spirit was with them, but the Holy Spirit really wasn't in them. And have you ever been with somebody and you know and they'll say, "Did you see that?" and you go, "No." You know, Sam. sometimes we're riding down the road, she go, "Did you see that?" I said, "No, I'm too busy driving the car." I wasn't looking. So I missed it. But you know, when Jesus is driving the car, you're kind of free to look around. If you point something out, you know, you can see it. He'll slow down enough where you can actually see it. If the Holy Spirit is directing, he's not going as fast as we think life should go, does he? Well, uh, and there's a longing in my heart. Worn out with religion. Lord, please do not let me settle down on religion row. And all those little houses. All those little, all of the, I know a little bit. I got a little piece. I got a little glimpse. I I just settle for knowing about you. I really, I've been there, done that. And you used it. Because God will work with whatever we give Him. But I heard the Lord say, You know, sometimes you just have to keep seeking. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Until the Lord says something to you. Well, he said, and I, in my journal, I said, Lord, teach me to pray. Uh, I'm coming from all the, here's the backstory. I'm coming from that place, you know. I'm a Ruth up early in the morning working, even praying. Early. Hard at it. But I'm just gleaning. I'm just getting littles. So Lord, teach me to pray. I can't do that anymore. I just can't. I can't. I don't want to. Teach me to pray. He said, well, I've been waiting a long time for you to say that. So let's go back and look at this again. He said, pray this way. Our Father. You don't want religion? That's all right. I have a loving relationship for you. I want you to realize what that means to me when I say to you, pray like this Our Father. He's not just my Father, He's your Father. You belong to Him. He loves you. they just let Him love you. What's worship? It is loving the one who loves us. See Deuteronomy 6 and verse 5. A, a worshiper lives a life of loving God. Deuteronomy 6, 5. Love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. As worshipers, we worship, we love the one who loves us. So I can imagine, you know, Boaz than everybody else. Why? Well, he could do that. He was rich. Why was he rich? Why could he do that? Because he was a worshiper. I just imagine Boaz in his worship time. He didn't really know that today was the day that God was going to start something new. Something so wonderful. Something that would change his history and the course of history. You know, sometimes we don't realize everything that God is doing with just this little something. And, you know, so I'm I'm sure the man was punctual, but, you know, sometimes that you get in that place or you get up, a worshiper gets up, and it's like, Amen. Lord, I love you. Thank you for loving me today. Just want to worship you today. It's harvest time. It's a happy time. You know, God's blessing is manifested and demonstrating and and you know, things have worked out because God worked them out. It wasn't that long ago that we were in a famine, but now look, we got plenty of bread. We we're and and we bless the one that's blessing us. And you know, I said I just I I, I know I should be in the field, but I I feel like that it's just Important that you know that I know that it's you, God. That you did this, and everything I am is all from you. And I want you to know, God, that it's for you. I just—I got to go because, see, they're waiting for me. They're already at work in the uh, field. But uh, I just need to—I just need to take a little time to tell you. Don't let the devil steal and rob your time with God. And notice that he comes out. He didn't say the Lord bless you. He said, "God be with you." See, I just. Come from being with him, and oh, I want him to be with you. You've been out here working, but I really want you to know him for yourself. That's not too hard for me to imagine. I, I feel like that's the way it really happened. Here he comes out a little later, and Out from the presence of God. Are you listening? Uh, And God with him. Because he's with God. And so he says. God be with you. Oh God be with you. While you work in the blessing. While while this is is such a blessing. Let's worship God together. We may not have to have a, a... you know, a church service. We are the church. Let's just while we do, let's let's rejoice in the goodness of God. Let's recognize the glory of God. Let's give God the glory for all of His goodness. Every time we, every time we're taking handfuls of this, we say, "Oh Lord, we we thank you. We bless you." It wasn't that long ago? It wasn't this way, but today. So Boaz is a worshiper. and Boaz, a witness, wants others to know the, the God that they're knowing, the love that they're experiencing. Worshippers want others to know the God that's loving them. So we see the encounter of Boaz with Ruth and, you know, We've read through this before, but sometimes, you know, the Lord will just slow everything down. Because if you're just going 90 to nothing and and running and gunning and, you know, the Lord will say, did you see that? And we're driving, aren't we? We're driven, aren't we? Life in the fast lane and we don't like to go on the little two lane, the two-way. You don't take the we don't take the road of where it's just a two way where we're worshipers and witnesses first. See the sights. No time to really look or listen or you say, God be with me <laughs> before we realize that we must be with God. The invitation is two way God be with me God says okay you know I'm coming before breakfast and we'll do the first part together well there's not enough time you know I got to go to work and he says well what time you have to go to work midnight I'll come at 10 oh no I don't have to be work till 6 I'll be there at 4 Lord I don't do 4 now I, I, I can't do four. I'll be laid out, laid before, laying before the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah twenty nine. And 11 it says I know the plans that I have they're so good There's so, what a future I have glorious and victorious for you but he said but you know you, you've got to want it more than anything else you, you've got to come and seek me wanting me more than you want anything else and he goes and I'll be found of you you won't be disappointed I will make sure you're not disappointed when you seek me I'll make sure I'm found by you. Anyway, we see this encounter and we've been down through there. But you know, I feel like that the, the Lord kind of backed me up and said now... Uh, I need you to be still. Even like when we were singing up here, a lot of times, you know, we just rush through, and feel like that we need to have this great hurrah finish and a wild ecstatic finish when sometimes we just need to come to a stop and be still and know God in that moment. Thank God for worship leaders that are sensitive to that. I appreciate that. Amen. Sometimes it's... Uh, Pastor Sandy and just said, let's just stay right here. Let's just be still for a moment. Of course, then she gets all wound up and, you know. You can have your hallelujah little happy dance circle, right? You and Kelly. Anyhow, uh, the encounter with Boaz and Ruth. And, you know, I'm sure in Boaz's worship that morning because the Holy Spirit you see who is with us but wants to be in us who calls all things to our remembrance I'm sure that Boaz's heart was full see because when you get in the presence of God there's just such a fullness of peace and joy and wholeness Nothing missing, nothing broken. I can imagine today that uh, Boaz perhaps was especially grateful for his mama. Her tenderness, her love, her mercy, her grace. Did I mention that her name was Rahab? A foreigner I don't belong. Worse yet a harlot. Boaz. God you're such a redeemer. You're so kind, and gracious. And good and no respecter of persons. And I thank you that you draw outside the lines and you do things differently. You don't have to ask anybody's permission because you see the heart when everybody else sees something else. Just a thought. And he. Took a little extra time that morning. So after a while, a little longer, he came out and here's everyone's working. and But there's someone he hadn't seen before. Who's that? Oh that's the Moabite, the foreign girl, came with Naomi. So he went over and spoke to her. And you know her reaction was she fell at his feet. You know, I'll tell you, love will sweep you off of your feet. These were not just ordinary words. I mean, they were full of the presence and the power and the so personal God. Her reaction, it's not normal if someone says something to you that you just fall down. This was not, people look at this, this was not just a man and a woman in a pickup line. No. So he spoke to her. She says, how is it that you would be so kind to say such things to me and me a foreigner. And he says, I know your story. See, what you don't know. Every man would do well to marry a woman like his mama. Or what you don't know she goes, how does this happen to me? He goes, I know you came from somewhere else. I know you left there. I know that, I know your story. He said, but I want you to know this. You have come to God. You have come to God. It's God you came to. I can just imagine, and she said, how does this happen? He goes, oh, honey, it's happened before. I'm sure he just smiled, and it's like, you know, He said, "You don't understand, Ruth. God loves rehabs. God loves people like you. God, it's God you've come to. What a witness! What a witness!" See, because sometimes we just see the outside, but oh, I'll tell you, God's a working on the inside. If you're not careful we miss this, because at the end of the chapter, now why would you put this at the end of the chapter, a little genealogy, and in there it says, Salmon had Boaz. His mother was Rahab. And Boaz had Obed, and his mother was Ruth. They're right. There to give. So while she's looking at all this stuff on the outside, on the inside, a worshiper has a witness. Then Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will testify of me. He will take of mine and he will show it to you. So I i can only imagine. But I do imagine. I image this. This is the image. This is the picture. That I see. This is the picture I get in looking at this picture. I think Boaz smiles. That knowing smile. How does this happen? it's God, girl. It's God. It's God. Because I have this witness. I've just... I'm a worshiper, and I have a witness on the inside of me. God says, tell her. Tell her. Show her. See, because she acted on just... What she had heard about God. What she'd seen and heard in Naomi. But we understand that Naomi had been through so much that the picture was distorted. wasn't accurate. Naomi said, the Lord, God has dealt me a hard blow. And now I'm bitter. Can you see? That bitterness. And a wrong image of God. Go together. Blame God. And be bitter. But he didn't mention any of that. But the inner witness says. You know. There's something that needs to be corrected here. Let's change her mind by being especially good to her. She doesn't expect very much. She's a foreigner. But Boaz, you know me better than that. You know better. So show her. Don't just tell her. Show her. Be good to her. And then be especially good to her. Give her special treatment. Because I've got to change her mind. Because she's known only the curse, she needs to know the blessing. Boaz, I blessed you, now be a blessing. You are, after all, a worshiper. And I need you to witness. You know, Jesus was with another foreigner. A Samaritan woman. And the conversation was this. He says, the time is coming, it has in fact come, when what you're called will not matter. And where you go to worship will not matter. Because she has said, well, you worship in Jerusalem. Is that the only place God is? We can't go there. So then we can't know God? Is He only for you? Is He only in a big place with big things? He said, No. He said, it's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. That's the kind of people the Father is out looking for. Those who are simply and honestly themselves before him in their worship. God is sheer being itself, spirit. Those who worship him must do it out of their very being, who they are, their spirits, their true selves, and adoration. I want to end this today over in the book of Jeremiah. Are you getting anything out of this at all? Jeremiah the 18th chapter. I need a tissue. Sometimes when God gets to squeeze in my heart, my eyes go to leaking. How about you? And my nose goes to running. Kind of a nasty thing. I hope in heaven that we don't have to have these kind of things, you know. I mean, never sniffle. Praise the Lord, all tears will be wiped away amen? There'll never be a toilet paper shortage. I digress. Let's move forward here, shall we? I felt especially this week about this. How uh, God told Jeremiah 18th chapter, he said, up on your feet, go to the potter's house. When you get there, I'll tell you what I have to say. You know, you we do have to obey, don't we? We need to go to where God tells us to, so that because it's there that God speaks to us. why? Because He has something not when he when He tells us he's really going to show us a picture. God paints pictures. His words are weighty when we have the picture, so I went to the potter's house, and sure enough, the potter was there working away at his wheel. Whenever the pot the potter was working on turned out badly, as it sometimes happens when you're working with clay. You know, religion will tell you there's just one way, and you mess it up. That's it. The devil will tell you. You're less than perfect. It didn't work out. So it's not going to ever work out. Have you ever looked at some stuff in your life that just, despite. I mean you're trying to love God. You're trying to obey God. You're trying to know God trying to worship God, trying to be a witness for God. It just turned out badly. It was neither believed or received. The relationship just didn't work out the way that you thought it would when you started. The situation, the circumstances, despite your very best efforts to... Pray it through. This turned out badly. What do you do? Says the potter would simply start over and use the same clay to make another pot. I can see Ruth in this, can't you? I can see me in this. Can you see you? As it sometimes happens with working with clay, things don't always turn out picture perfect, do they? If you're not careful, um, we believe that's it. And we stay ruined, we stay broken, we stay messed up. We believe that the mistake is who we are, not just perhaps what we did. But there's a redeemer who simply starts over using the same clay to make another pot. Now the question was this, can't I do just as the potter does? People of Israel, God's decree, watch this potter in the same way that this potter works his clay. I work on you, people of Israel. Aren't you glad? Perhaps you're in a place like Ruth, starting over. Because life didn't go the way you had planned it. You had pictured it you had hoped and dreamed that it would but life is going on God's not done if you stay on the wheel and let his hand go back to where we started from it says this word of God shapes us shapes us shapes us what word The word God says. The word God speaks. Because even in the mess up. Even when things turn out badly. I still can know God. I still can worship. All the people that I've seen fall off of the wheel. And stop worshiping. Because things turned out badly, not as they supposed, not as they wanted. As sometimes does with imperfect people who have this major flaw called sin that separates us from knowing the love of God, believing a lie about God. Are you listening today? God is never wrong. But we have to seek Him to know what's right, don't we? If something is wrong or someone is wrong, then it would fall more on our side than it would on God's. But the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, his right way of being and doing. I'm talking to people today that, you know, things happen and I can't forgive. I won't forgive. Yet God says, if you forgive, I can make it anew another way. It was ruined. It turned out badly. But if you'll forgive. If you learn how much I've forgiven you of, you can be a worshiper and a witness of the forgiveness of God. Life is too precious and too short to hold any kind of grudge or to be ugly about anything, anything that's happened. I'm talking to somebody today, either here or there, but someone needed to hear this something today. We'll end with this. Pastor Ron will come for just a moment. You know, and we're so glad that he and Kelly are back. Amen. Amen. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Amen. Filled and refilled and restored and all of that kind of stuff. Because there's just something uh, about worship about being with God. It helps us to get. I always thought, you know, music is a tremendously, it's a spiritual thing. It's beyond the soul. It touches our emotion. It, it, There's great feelings uh, where music is concerned, but it originates. It's a spiritual thing. There's life in it. There's death in it. But there's a force. A life force in it. I like to say it's like the can opener. Tend to our lives. Yes, sometimes we just need to open our heart. Not just our mind. mind must be renewed in order for our lives to be transformed we need to think about these kinds of things change our mind about God but first we have to open our hearts because with the heart the Bible says we believe believing is of the heart before it's ever a decision of the mind and the will believing is a choice of the heart the bible says this that if a person believes in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead oh God's a do it all over again new God this is the message of resurrection that we hold forth Is this God can change anything and anyone and make it new. If it's the message of the resurrection, it all got messed up, it turned out badly with Adam and Eve, but God, where the first Adam brought in the negative, but this new and last Adam, the last Adam is the Jesus, is the last word. It's the last word. God's final judgment of sin, of this separating thing, of this thing turning out badly. Jesus is God's final judgment. He says, I'm going to lay an old wooden cross over the gap between us. And all you've got to do is walk across to the other side. And I'll make your life all over again. I'll make it another way. I'll take you from the dead end and put you on this two-way. You'll be a worshiper. And that worship will be a witness. I know God has done such tremendous things throughout history. Split the Red Sea opened up old sweet Jordan wide, let his children across to the other side. Delivered the remnant from certain defeat. Surrounded by so many enemies that you couldn't count and yet God delivered them. Filled empty boats with and empty nets with fishes. Fed f- 5,000 men, and besides the women and children, with a little boy's Ritz crackers and sardines. But I'm still in wonder. And in worship and in awe of a God that could take a little piece of clay like me that it had turned out so bad. in sins Jesus died for me he who knew no sin became sin that I might become the righteousness of God oh how wonderful it just makes me wonder when I come into his presence and I have access because of the blood though my sins were scarlet the blood washed them white as snow that I would be able to have I remember one of the first songs ever sung, sung in worship in church now I heard an old old story how a savior a wretch like me but he gave me a new song I remember it Jesus is mine oh what a foretaste wonder if you're listening or looking today for reality. You might know the Lord's Prayer, but do you know the Lord? It's not enough anymore for you. You've been living down on religion row for too long. turned out badly for you life has turned out even worse I want to invite you to a reality today to know this Jesus for yourself oh I tell you he's worthy of all my worship I will be a witness he can change Worst, the worst, the very worst. Oh, Pastor, what's the worst that could happen that you would stay stuck, separated from God when the cross? Arms open wide. Is God's invitation for you to come back, to be restored, to let this Jesus redeem you? Let's pray this simple prayer Jesus. I just didn't know. You love me so. But now I do. I feel something right now I've never felt before. Something's churning and burning inside of my chest. I believe it's You. I believe it's Your Holy Spirit. I say yes Lord I call you Lord I need you to save me rescue me deliver me redeem me right now I thank you for it Amen now if you prayed that little simple prayer but you meant in your heart I'm coming to God Let me tell you, like Boaz told Ruth, you came to God. you come to this God. And you'll find shelter underneath His wings. You'll live safely in His shadow. His love and His care and His protection. His provision, you'll never be sorry. Never, ever, ever will you be sorry you've entered into a life that will be full of joy and discovery Of trouble, but the Redeemer joins us in that trouble. And He makes everything all right. We want to help you if we can. We've got some materials we'll send to you for free. Better yet, give us a call. We'd love to meet you. The doors of the church are open. I know these are difficult days. I know sometimes it seems like there's no way. But Jesus is the way and he'll make a way for you and we'll be here when you get ready. The most important thing, you came to him. But the Bible says we also come to this great thing called the church, the family of God. It's full of people that have like precious faith and have been redeemed that are simply worshipers and witnesses of this God who loves us we're just loving him we love to love on you so until the next time you remember this you are so very loved and so very very blessed and I pray God's peace nothing missing nothing broken in your life wholeness